I would like to thank all of you for coming, despite the weather, to participate in this funeral mass and to pray for the repose of the soul of Patricia Schneider. After the, what are called the obsequies, which would be after these brief comments, prayers at the casket, and then the procession to the back, we're going to stop in the back and I'm going to say some of the prayers that are prayed at the grave, the gravesite because I know that most of you will not be able to go to the burial service at Mount St. Michael. I don't want to deter anyone who's planning on it, but given the weather conditions and the distance, I don't expect there to be very many. I will be taking several of the seminarians to help us pallbearers, and we'll have again, after everything concludes here, the graveside service at the mount. I'm sure most of you are familiar with, some have maybe never been there, our chapel in Port Lane. It's on Mill Street, and the chapel was built by the brothers when we lived in that building that was our seminary from 1973 to 1978. During those five years, a group of brothers built the chapel there. And in 1978, we moved to Mount St. Michael and for the first couple of years, the chapel was, the residence there was used as a convent. And then after that, uh, Pat's mother, Mildred Vermeersch, lived there in the house, and we would have mass regularly in the chapel. And then eventually, Pat herself, Patricia Schneider, after her husband passed away, moved from Minnesota to Port Lane and lived there at the chapel. I don't remember the year her mother passed away. At any rate, eventually, then Pat moved to her own house several blocks away from the chapel. But I know that some of our parishioners didn't know her well because she lived in Coeur Lane. And so I wanted to look up in my sick call register when I began to take Holy Communion to her, which means she was no longer able to come here for Mass. And that was in May of 20. 19. So like four and a half years ago, I began to take communion to her regularly. But I first met Pat in Minnesota. And I know you'd be surprised to hear this, but I met her on the 18th of December, 1981. And I say you'll be surprised because you're probably wondering how I know that. No, I don't have a photographic memory. But I do have my notes from my mission travels. And in the early 1980s, we had groups of faithful Catholics around the country. And they didn't have, for the most part, churches or chapels with the Blessed Sacrament. And they also didn't have a priest there because we had very few priests and we were again headquartered at Mount St. Michael. And I was assigned to help Father Dennis in these missions. And so I looked up my notes. My third mission was from November 27th to December 21st, 1981. And what we would do is to fly around the country and have public lectures on the evening, and then the next morning have mass for the faithful of that area. So my first public lecture in St. Paul, Minnesota, 
was on December 18th, 1981. And then the next morning, I had mass in the chapel, temporary chapel, in Pat Schneider's basement. But one thing that I remember very clearly about my visits there at that time and then over the next few years, and then of course eventually we had a church in St. Cloud. But one thing I remember very clearly is that Pat always had a beautiful shrine of our Blessed Mother. She had a statue, wasn't real tall, it was only about two feet tall, Our Lady of Grace, and she would bring that to the lecture, and she also had a lot of flowers. And then the same thing, the next morning we would have Mass, and she would have a shrine there next to the altar for Our Lady, and there were always a lot of flowers. And the old-timers that were there would remember that because it was very uh, unique, very noticeable. I don't recall that any place else I went where there was a shrine to Our Lady that was adorned with so many flowers. So that was one of the unique things about Pat's home. I think she lived in Little Canada, a little north of St. Paul. And so I went there several times over the next few years. And then, as I said, eventually we had priests stationed uh, in these different places. But she had a great devotion to our Blessed Mother. That erecting of a shrine with a lot of flowers, that was a way of expressing the devotion that she had interiorly. Because our external devotions are an expression of the love we have for our Blessed Mother in our hearts. Now, when we attend a funeral mass, it is a grace. It is an opportunity to reflect on the great truths of eternity, our judgment, the importance of preparing well to stand before Almighty God. And I'm always struck by the beautiful sequence that is chanted by the choir between the Epistle and Gospel, and it's called the Dies Irae. And many beautiful thoughts reflected in that, but I was reflecting today how the first part of the Dies Irae is a part that really strikes fear. Kneel in ultimate remanate, nothing unavenged will remain. And how the judge will come, and we will each render an account, and we our scriptures appropriate The book that has been written about each of us will be brought forth and will be opened. And so forth. Different ideas like that about judgment. But then towards the latter part of the Diazure, you have the consoling part about those who love our Lord and who are faithful to his church, to the faith that he taught to striving to live God-centered lives, etc., are consoled. But in, in thinking about all this, the fact that we will have to render an account for all our works, all our deeds, all our thoughts, all our actions, omissions, and so forth, let us remember the importance of devotion to our Blessed Mother, to stay close to her, to hold on tightly to her hand, so to speak. If we fear to stand before Almighty God to be judged. Well, we know we can't avoid that. That will happen one day. But we can have great confidence if we are close to our Blessed Mother. If we maintain a deep love for our Blessed Mother, 
external practices and internal, as Pat was known for. And, and we have that devotion, that love. We know that our Blessed Mother will be there to intercede for us, to help us. We have those beautiful words of St. Bernard of Clairvaux in the wonderful prayer called the Memorari. Never was it known that anyone who fled to her protection, sought her help, was left unaided. It's such a beautiful prayer, but it reminds us of the truth of what we believe, the power of our Blessed Mother's intercession with her divine Son. This coming Sunday, we will have the Gospel of the first public miracle of our Lord at the wedding feast of Cana. And that Gospel shows us the intercessory power of Our Lady with her divine Son. So as I reflect upon Pat, my knowledge of her, going way back, is again this devotion to our Blessed Mother. That's something that we all need. And that will provide a great comfort and confidence for us in that moment when we are to depart from this world. That she will be there to intercede for us, to tell her divine son how much we love her and we're devoted to her. And let us also all remember to pray for the repose of the soul of Pat. I encourage you to take a holy card when you leave and put it in your missile and add her to your prayers for the departed parishioners that we've had over the years. Eternal rest bring to her, O Lord. <laughs> May her soul and the souls of all the faithful depart in the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.